All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Can you see Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. At arm's You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, as we have some smooth jazz still playing in the background here. Uh, my name is David Rizzelli, 
joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Latvian flag behind me, Chris, and you know exactly why that is. We'll get to that in a second here. Uh, we are brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season Capital H Capital F, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you five dollars off your order. It's been a while. Five dollars off your order uh, at ZephyrEpic.com. Free shipping, Canada wide, on any order over fifty dollars. So be sure to go check them out. That is Z E P H Y R Epic. Check them out on all platforms. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. Retail location in Surrey as well so be sure to go check them out okay Chris I tried to contain my excitement a little bit oh hold on top. man I made it one minute okay what you're you don't have the right mic on I, you're coming off of your computer microphone you sound absolutely horrible uh we haven't done a show in a week uh with our background isn't working Alex has still got the background music playing what is even happening to this show it has been a long time since we've been back doing this regular show and things have completely fallen apart. I hope I sound fine. Am I coming off on computer uh, audio here? Let me know in the chat. Corey's nailing it. Rusty. You do. There. Now you sound good. Now you sound good. Well, geez, I just swapped my mic. This is what happens. You you weren't even here. I was trying to talk to you and Alex. I'm here five minutes early as no, I normally no, no. am. waiting. I'm trying to do my mic test. Nobody's here. The first time I talked into this mic that you guys heard me was when the show was live. So what are we thinking here? Just un- unbelievable. This, well, this, here's uh, I'll tell you exactly why. falling apart. This is what happened. I was trying to make a beautiful graphic for Archer Seelobs, right? Because we're going to get into that right off the top. And by the way, we'll get to our guests in just a minute. But we uh, we saw Archer Seelobs with an incredible performance in the quarterfinals to send himself off to the semis. So what am I doing? Trying to calculate goddamn goals against average. You know how hard that is to calculate? You got to put the the minutes together, divide it by how many 60, divided by how many games he's played. He's got that extra nine seconds somewhere, so those goals against is all over the map. Anyways, I got a beautiful graphic coming up for you with uh, Archer Silovs. I did graphics for all these guys at the World Championship, so we'll get to that a little bit later on YouTube. Uh, shout out to everyone in here. Madeline saying, don't worry, I sound great. Sean says, you sound great. You're great. RJ says, golden. I don't see anything in here about Quads' mic, but uh, give Quads some love too, because now he's got his mic figured out, thank God. He's coming off here sounding like he's you know broadcasting from an Android phone for the first 10 minutes of the show. Sean Barber in the YouTube live chat said, is this a voicemail? So yeah, I'm sure it didn't sound very good because the AirPod, the AirPod microphone is not very high quality, but you heard it. Zephyr Epic, go check them out. Uh, okay. It's an arty party, Chris. World Championships. We were watching it. I'm, I'm so excited for Archer Seelos. Wow. Like, I, you know, you remain unbiased, whatever. What this young player is doing right now is phenomenal. Like, what he is doing for Latvia at this tournament is simply unprecedented. Nobody's ever done it before. This is the first time in any IIHF tournament, not just the World Championship, that Latvia is going to be playing for a medal and that they've qualified. They're on to the semifinal to play Team Canada. First time in the history of the country that they've been able to do this. Um, just, you, you run out of words. You run out of words to describe what Archer Silovs is doing at this tournament. And hey, give them credit because Latvia right now, ha- ha- they have a game plan, Chris. They are sticking to it and it's working. And the easiest way to put it is remember in the Western Conference quarterfinals, or excuse me, Western Conference semifinals in the 2020 playoff bubble when the Vancouver Canucks played the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Thatcher Demko was a hot goalie in that turn in that playoff round, right? Like he he was phenomenal for for Vancouver against Vegas. And what Vancouver did so well in that round, I keep saying tournament, what they did so well was they covered that home plate area in front of the net. They they locked it down. They kept all the shots. They kept a lot of puck movement, all of that to the outside, right? Like that's what they did was keep everything away from Archer Silov. So what I'm saying is we saw this in Vancouver with Thatcher Demko in the 2020 playoff bubble. Now we're seeing it with Archer Silovs and Latvia. Latvia is blocking shots. They're clogging lanes. They are a hardworking group. Like they don't have all the skill in the world, right? Like, you know, we all know that Rodrigo at bowls. He just needed more time. He's playing really well right now, but they're a win by committee team. And yes, they've relied a lot on Silovs, but a lot of the shots he's faced have been from the outside. Now, that is not to discount what he's done, because as I said, he has been phenomenal. He has made big saves because, hey, there's been multiple times where th- that hardworking uh, defense in front of him has allowed breakaways. They've allowed five alarm chances because they've had a breakdown somewhere or they've just been beaten, right? Like he's been phenomenal. Um, he- He's got the seven games played here. I, I don't know if. Oh, this I is got the updated the, one in there, Alex. Um, we need the updated one, Alex. I just put it in there. Well, because I was going to say. I, I was just going to say he's been really, really good in the games he started, right? Like, mm. obviously, that first game of the tournament, he comes in in relief duty against Canada. They go on to lose that game 6 nothing. It was 2 nothing five minutes into that game, right? And then Latvia kind of realized, I think after that game, he started every game after that. But I think that's when they kind of had that switch where they said, hey, we could actually do something here if we just keep the shots to the outside because... Seelovs is battling through traffic like he he's battling to find the shots through traffic and hey it's hard right like you're seeing a lot you're seeing a lot of um a lot of Latvian bodies in front of Seelovs but you're also seeing the opposition obviously as well and they're trying to screen him right and here we go eight games played save percentage of 920 just you know what can you say about him And, and Chris the thing I want to bring up to you I know you made this graphic the save percentage is even higher if you don't include that first game. In games he started, the save percentage is way higher. Like, it's closer to 950 than it is 920. And uh, honestly, it's incredible. It's incredible to see um, what this young man is doing right now. Friend of the show, he's been on. It's an arty party in Latvia right now. And come on, that crowd in Riga, that hometown crowd, Chris, doesn't get any better than that. And don't forget what they did against Switzerland. They mm. needed to just go to OT uh, they win it in OT against Switzerland, the only team, only team in that tournament that did not need overtime to win any of their games. They were undefeated, top of the top of the table. They got eliminated today. Uh, similar, I'd say. Remember when Vegas got eliminated? How they were talking about? Yeah, we were still shaken up about facing Demko. Switzerland still shaken up about facing Silovs. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean. I thought Silas was excellent in this game too. I think specifically today you saw Sweden outshot them thirteen to one, right? And they, the, uh, you're talking about these outside shots. I don't know. I saw a lot, a lot of really good scrambles from Silas around the night. And that thing that you love that he does that uh, you say not all goalies can do, where you, where you when you put the pads down on the ice, covers up the whole bottom of the net. You saw that a lot from Silas and uh, his goalie coach out there with Latvia, Archer Zerbe, another uh, former Canuck there as well. Uh, just. You, you look at what Seelaws has been doing for this tournament. He's on a six-game win streak. And, and okay, I got to get this out of the way too because I just I was just watching the post game. How the hell did uh, how the hell did Seelaws not win Player of the Game? <laughs> he wasn't even Player of the Game. He stopped forty of forty-one shots against Sweden. 
a, a team with tons of talented shooters, and he didn't win player of the game. What's going on out there in Latvia? They're, <laughs> you know, they're selling out of Silov's jerseys over there, and they're playing not even that. The the city they're playing in is where, where Silov's was born. They're playing in his home cut. They can't even give him an MVP. He'd stop 40 or 41 against Sweden. I don't know. It's not a big deal because of the World Championships. But I tell you, this this is really cool because think about the way that Silov's season ended. Back-to-back starts in the AHL. They didn't go to him. They went to Spencer Martin at the end. So I, you have to think that his season in the AHL didn't finish the way that he wanted, obviously, uh, with the losses and the fact that he didn't play. Now he gets this opportunity with all this pressure and you know his home city being the host and everything that Latvia is doing right now, and now they're going to run into Canada in the semis. I tell you what, you can't think of a better ending to you know what this year has been for Arthur Silas right now. This is the perfect finish to the season. And by the way, we should mention um, we're all so excited because this game just wrapped up about like you know fifteen twenty minutes ago. Uh, but Josh Bloom's going to join us here, the new Canucks prospect. They traded uh, Riley Stillman for him. Who uh, I have a Riley Stillman rookie card here. It's uh, your your card. Um, but uh, Josh Bloom traded to the I Vancouver I was looking Canucks. for that. Yeah, no, I got it over here somewhere. It's where you used to sit. Uh, your chair's collecting dust over here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Josh Bloom's going to join us in a little bit. You're going to be excited to chat with him. Uh, he's just coming off of an Eastern Conference finish uh, against the Peterborough Pete. So it'll be a good chat with him and uh, see what's next uh, for Josh Bloom. So I'm excited about that. We'll get to that in about five minutes or so here. But uh, let's... You know, let, I know you want to talk Seelaws for 45 minutes. Maybe we'll circle back later in the show. Uh, but let's touch on a couple of the other guys. Well, okay, go ahead. Quickly, our poll question. It's in the YouTube live chat. Our poll question, of course, brought to you by Atlas Goods. Use promo code CC15 for 15% off your first order of pop rinds, the best fresh pork rinds, straight from your microwave or air fryer. Be sure to check them out. Lots of great flavors over there. Okay, our poll question today. It's only been up for a minute. It's only been up for a minute and it's only in the YouTube live chat, but it's a question for us, Chris. Who are you rooting for in the semifinals? Because it's Latvia against Canada and then it's Germany against USA. You have to think that USA is going to knock off Germany, but hey, Germany pulled off the upset against Switzerland today. The only difference is, of course, USA hasn't had to face Archer Silov. So, Latvia or Canada in semis? Who are you going for on Saturday morning? Morning, yeah, listen, these teams will play. Take away my passport because I'm moving to Latvia. I'm, I'm going with Latvia for sure. I mean, come on. The story's still great. They're in their home country. They're they're hosting this thing. Uh, I'm going with Latvia, and the sea love story is too good. Like, I don't know. I don't need to see uh, Tyler Myers raise the, the world championship. And let's be honest. As North Americans, we don't care about this tournament as much as the Europeans do. Like I, I, I told you, I the, you know, I talked to to Tommy a lot this year. He sat next to me uh, in the press box. Finland and all these European countries, they really, really care about this tournament. So for Latvia to get an opportunity to now move into the semifinals, be one of the the remaining four teams, huge for them. And we could see the crowd. I tell you, I thought it was going to be an earthquake, like the uh, you know the Marshawn Lynch run uh, from back in the day down in Seattle. That place was good. You could barely hear the play by play guys in the last couple minutes of that game there. So I thought that was incredible. Um, but yeah, just a, a good finish there for Latvia. We'll circle back a little bit on Canada and USA as well because I, I I build all these beautiful graphics and all you do all you want to do is talk about goalies for the first fifteen minutes of the show. We'll get to uh, we'll get back to that stuff if you want later in the show. I'll let you have your little five minutes of goalie run. But hey, let's get to our guest Josh Bloom now joining us here, Vancouver Canucks prospect. I guess you can call it like the newest Vancouver Canucks prospect because getting traded uh, earlier on. A few months ago into the season here. Josh is joining us now from the North Bay Battalion. Just wrapped up uh, their OHL playoffs. Ended up losing to Peterborough, who's off to the Memorial Cup. Josh, how you doing, man? What's the offseason been like for you? I guess it's, it's still really fresh for you, I assume. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, great guys. Thanks for having me on. I uh, just got back in the gym a couple days ago. Legs are a little sore. I uh, haven't done that in a while. So uh, it's good to be back home and uh, excited to start this new journey. Absolutely. Well, hey, I got to take it back to the trade because I think, you know, when a guy gets drafted by a team, and I'm sure you were feeling this with Buffalo, so excited, Jordan, organization. But as a player who really hasn't even turned pro at this point, what's it like being a prospect involved in a trade? Because, you know, a lot of us here and a lot of listeners have no idea what that feeling is like or what kind of emotions you have when you hear that you're traded to the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, it was really weird. Um, I remember getting the call from Kevin Adams and he told me I was traded and uh, it was very different than my trade in the OHL. Like you pick up your stuff and you leave right away. Whereas like this trade was kind of in the future and it's where about where I'm going uh, next. So it was a weird feeling. Uh, I was excited as soon as I heard it was Vancouver, Canadian team, Canadian market. Can't be more excited about that. So I was really, really excited to, to hear Vancouver uh, from the other line. And uh, yeah, Buffalo was great to me, but this is a new chapter and uh, really excited to get started. What do you know about Vancouver? What do you know about Abbotsford? Uh, from what I've heard, I've never been. From what I've heard, uh, once I get out west, I'm not going to want to leave. So uh, I'm excited. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, Josh, I, I got to kind of get started here because you go up, you get a development camp with the Buffalo Sabres. That must have been a great experience for you. What do you take away from one of those opportunities to, you know, skate with some guys around your age who are all drafted or hoping to go pro very soon? What do you take away from a development camp? Because you got one just around the corner now with the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, exactly. It's It was a lot of fun. You get to meet a lot of the guys and looking forward to doing that in Vancouver. I hear they put on a great camp and uh, excited to just meet everybody and uh, kind of get uh, intertwined into the organization and uh, finally be a part of the Canucks. And we saw some of that excitement. I don't know if we have a photo of this, but the wrestling mask. What's the story <laughs> here? We, we saw the mask, oh. the Lucha <laughs> mask on, and it, you know, Canucks fans loved it. I don't know if we have a photo here, Alex, if you could pull it up, but the Lucha mask, what, what's the story here? Yeah, so uh, my assistant coach in North Bay just has the most random stuff kicking around his basement. And uh, the day after I was traded, he brought it in and I put it on and the boys <laughs> had a good laugh. And I did the uh, starting lineups in it the night after. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of stuck around. I kept it in my stall. We all thought it was funny. And 
uh, just something random that you would never think to like make Canucks mask like that. But uh, it's definitely cool to have, and it, it was a hilarious moment for sure. So is that mask coming with you to Vancouver for development camp in a, in a couple months here? For sure, why not, right? <laughs> Absolutely, John. Well, I was going to say yeah, go any uh, any future contract negotiations, anything you ever have to do with the organization, you should wear that when you walk <laughs> into the building at all times. I think that should be your move. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a play, <laughs> Josh? I want to ask a little bit about your play style. We've man, when I started watching the tape on you, I was noticing. I'm like, do you score all your goals shorthanded or what? Like, what do you love about penalty killing? It looks like you like your offense seems to thrive while you're penalty killing. Yeah, I started developing my penalty killing in Saginaw when I was playing there. And uh, our assistant coach at the time, Brad Flynn, did an unbelievable job kind of walking me through it because there was COVID there. So rookie season, you're obviously not penalty killing. And then jumping into that role in my third year, um, we took a lot of steps in improving that aspect of my game. And I think I just found uh, found different opportunities to kind of turn it offensive um, in North Bay as well. And I think just understanding the systems, understanding when to jump and uh, got rewarded somewhat, so uh, it was nice to. Brad Flynn did a great job with me in, in learning how to do that, and hopefully uh, continues moving forward. And talk to me about getting traded. I guess twice you're you're traded during the season in your OHL. You're getting traded as well in the NHL. We touched on that a little bit, uh, but to get you know get an opportunity with the battalion, the run that you guys went on in the playoffs was nothing to be ashamed about. What you guys did was incredible against a team that you know very strong. They're out of Peter Peterborough, but getting traded in the OHL with a C on your chest, I think that's another moment that I think a lot of people would love to hear your emotions on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was a shock. Actually, we were in first place in the Western Conference, and a uh, little bit of a shock, but. Kind of jumped with uh, both feet and absolutely loved my time in North Bay. Loved the people, loved the staff. Uh, definitely, definitely a treat to get to spend six months there. And um, but yeah, shocked, uh, but excited at the same time. Going to a team that really wanted me, and and obviously we made a run and fell short. Game six, just pop one, and that's the series. And then game seven needed one more, so couldn't find that extra goal in uh, two elimination in el- elimination games. Sorry, but. Um, but yeah, love my time in Saginaw and jumped with both feet into North Bay and absolutely love my time there as well. So let's go back to your draft year here. OHL season is canceled, obviously, with the pandemic and all that sort of stuff. You still managed to go in the third round, but how did the pandemic really affect you and affect your hockey career? Like, was there ever that worry of like, crap, like I can't show off my stuff here because there's no hockey, like I can't go play hockey anywhere. Yeah, big time. There's a panic for sure. Um, you look at it and uh, my 16-year-old year, I came out with 14 points. We were a really, really good team and uh, just didn't get a ton of minutes and uh, found a way to get drafted out of that. I think uh, my skills guy in uh, in Hamilton here, Evan McGrath, did an unbelievable job with me and found a way to get teams into the building and, and they got a look at me and uh, Buffalo decided to pull the trigger in the third round. Uh, draft day had no idea what was going to happen. We were kind of just hoping I got drafted uh we heard anything from from three to seven and potentially undrafted so uh we went into the day with uh with open arms and it was a hell of a day uh got drafted in the third round and whole family went nuts I don't know if you've seen the video but it was a really really special day and uh people talk about yeah like you you want to go to the draft sure that's an unbelievable experience but uh being home with the entire family and getting to experience with all my friends and family was was pretty special as well so um yeah it was a definitely a different experience i don't think it'll ever happen again for for a lot of guys but uh yeah special day and um 
Yeah, I can't say enough about it. Well, let's let's hope it doesn't happen again because I'm sure that's a tough moment. What do you <laughs> What do you do Seriously. like during a, a season that's canceled? Pandemic. I mean, I'm sure you could have been able to find ice if you really try. Like, what were you doing day to day as just like a hockey player? Like a during this time where there was no league for you to play in. Sorry, you cut out there. Say okay. that one more time. Yeah, just in the pandemic year there, like as a hockey player, what are you doing when your league shut down? Like, how are you keeping going with your development as a guy who looks like he's going to go pro very soon? Yeah, so we were we were heartbroken because we had, like I was saying, we had a great team in Saginaw and we made some moves to, to try and go for a run there as well. And then that got cut short. We thought it was only going to be two weeks, turns into two years. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was rollerblading a ton with all my buddies, always trying to find time to rollerblade, but got so bored. There was nothing else to do other than work out. And so literally just worked out and slept and, and ate. And those were my days and strung them all together and made huge improvements in my game. And, uh, going into my third year, took a, took a big, big leap. And, uh, yeah, I was like, honestly, I think it was, it was great for me to have that time because, uh, it gave me that time to develop and really, really work on, uh, the strength aspect of it, which I needed at the time and then still do as everyone does. But, uh, needed especially in my 16 year old year and um, worked out great for me. Is there a current player that you project your game to be similar to? I like to look at Taylor Hall. I think he plays with a ton of pace. I think he's very fast, left handed shot, left winger, um, can score off the rush, uh, reliable in all three zones. I like to look at him as, as a comparable. Um, I like to think I play with a lot of, a lot of pace to my game, whether that's skating or or moving the puck or making plays. So uh, if I was to pick somebody, it'd be him. Josh, what about when people make the adjustment? We see a lot of guys in junior that are, you know, crazy high scorers, and they have to really make that adjustment when, they're go, when they go pro. Is there a, a part of your game that you think you want to lean a little bit more on as you make that jump towards pro hockey? Yeah, I think uh, my ability to play up and down a lineup, I think I can find a role anywhere in a lineup. And if you got me on the fourth line, I'll find a way to make an impact in the game. So um, I think just accepting my role to start the year and and uh, just earning trust and, and doing my thing. What's the biggest thing you're looking forward to from the city of Vancouver as you come here for development camp? I know you got Penticton for Young Stars as well, uh, down to Victoria for training camp, main camp, all those things. What are you most excited about from the West Coast from not necessarily a hockey standpoint, but just you know seeing what the West Coast is all about? Yeah, I'm super excited. I hear the lifestyle out there is unbelievable and the people are just fantastic, so Excited to get out there. I love being by the water, so uh, go watch go watch some whales jump around. Never seen that before, so that'd be all right. Um, and then uh, here, there's great surfing out west, so we'll see. You don't even know what Cactus Club is yet. You're gonna you're in for a treat. All all the players <laughs> talk about it, man. Cactus Club. That's gonna be your place to go. Trust me. Awesome. Well, Josh, we appreciate you taking the time, man. It was great to chat with you. We'll we'll see you in just a little bit of time here for development camp. You are you are coming to development camp. Uh, we'll see you in I guess like a month. Yeah, or so, that's right? the plan. Awesome, man. Well, we're looking forward yeah. to seeing you there. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, congratulations on your OHL career. It was a lot of fun to follow, specifically over the past three months since you became a Canucks prospect. But uh, thanks a ton for doing this, Josh. We'll see you in a couple in about a month now. Yeah, appreciate the time, guys. Thanks a ton. There it is. Josh Bloom joining us there from the North Bay Battalion. I, I tell you what, and, and I asked the question because you do see a lot of players in junior who put up, you know, crazy numbers and, and they find it really hard 
to transition their game to pro hockey. We can look at Jonah Gadjevich, Cole Lind, a couple of examples here in Vancouver that I just think of off the top of my head. I, I didn't see a lot from Jonah Gadjevich or Cole Lynn that was like, oh, but maybe they can play down in a lineup because their penalty-killing ability, their two-way play. Like, I didn't see that in those guys' games. They had a lot of good offensive talent, but with Josh Bloom, like, you watch the way that this kid defends, the way that he talked about the penalty kill. Like, there's a lot of real good, you know, translatable skills in his game that are going to help him in pro hockey. So he's one of these guys that you, you hear so much about major junior to pro hockey being such a difficult jump. It's going to be a difficult jump, don't get me wrong, but at least Bloom's really got the traits to make you think, like, if he leans on some of those things a little bit more than just being able to, you know, score 40 goals, score 30 goals, these type of things, I think it's going to be a little bit of a smoother transition for him. And I know he's a top 10 prospect for me uh, in the Canucks system, and we'll have to see what he looks like at development camp. I expect him to be one of the guys that kind of sticks out a little bit with the combination of being six foot two, having some size, good skating. Like, the Canucks got an absolute steal of a deal. When they traded Riley Stillman for this guy. Like this, we talked about it at the time. Like this was an incredible trade for the Vancouver Canucks to add a prospect of this caliber uh, and be able to get rid of Riley Stillman's contract in the doing of it. I mean, yeah, very excited to see what this kid looks like kind of uh, matching up against the rest of the Canucks players at development camp. And the thing with him, like you just talked about the transferable skills, every coach we've ever talked to, NHL, AHL, BCHL, doesn't matter. Every coach you talk to says, okay, if you're not going to score goals, you still have to be able to mm-hmm. impact the game in some way. Like, if you want to play, you need to impact the game in some way. And Josh Bloom's able to do that, right? Like, he's going to be able to do that. And it's, it's an exciting prospect. It's an exciting prospect that, yeah, he's probably going to be, you know, a middle six, bottom six winger. Mm-hmm. Canucks need those. Like, you need those on your NHL club, right? And, to, you know, to get anything for Riley still, well, we talked about thing. that. Uh, more than enough. Yeah, uh, and Corey uh, Shuchuk asked in the chat, what current player does he project his game to be similar to? I'd look at it more of, uh, and, and we've talked about him a lot this year, but the way that Arshdeep Baines plays such a smart defensive game, like Baines had all the offense in the WHL, and don't get me wrong, like his offense was is, is probably a higher caliber than Bloom's is, but I, I think Bloom has a higher defensive caliber in his game. So I, I'd compare him a little bit to how he thinks the game like Arshdeep Baines, uh, but maybe a little bit quicker. I, I'd probably say that Bloom Harley has better foot speed, so I look at him as being a guy who, yeah, like one day you hope that he's pushing for a middle six role, but I think he already has the skills to make you think like, at least as a floor, we're talking about a fourth line NHLer. Like we're not talking about a floor in the AHL. We're talking about a guy who's going to play in the NHL uh, in the next three to four years. It's going to depend on how his development goes over those three to four years to see how high he can really hit as a ceiling. So um, yeah, a prospect that I'm excited about, like uh, the, the guys that I talked to off uh, in Buffalo there, they were really excited about this guy. They had him as like a top seven prospect in the Sabre system. And this was at the start of the year when we're talking about, you know, Owen Power still being on their prospect list and things like that. So they had a, they have a much better prospect system over there in Buffalo uh, than we see in Vancouver. And, and he was top seven in a lot of guys list and they really like the way this kid plays. So uh, it's a different type of prospect too. Like, Hey, it, you know, you could see him in Abbotsford maybe playing with Danila Klimovich. Is he the defensive winger who can make passes for a sniper? Like that's the type of player that I think you'll see here with Josh Bloom. So yeah, exciting prospect for sure. We should make sure he knows that Cactus Club is a restaurant because he he was a little confused. You could tell when I just threw out the word <laughs> Cactus Club at him. What Cactus Club sounds like it's something else. Like the the name Cactus Club, we know it cuz we we're from here, but the name itself doesn't sound like a restaurant. Oh, I think cactus I cactus we is should, out we east. Better now. make sure he knows. It's it's moving. Uh, it's moving out east uh, to to Canada too. 
he didn't know what it was. Well, no, it's not out in every place yet. It's not in Oakville where he's from. It's not out there yet. But I tell you, the uh, cactus is moving out east. Everyone, They're everybody not moving out east. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows the cactus is moving out east. Everybody knows. No, you're just the, you're just too oh, busy yeah, going okay. to you're like, taking people out to Joey's trying to get him to sign with Canucks Army. It's the reason we got no new writers in the last uh, three months here because you're bringing everyone to Joey's. <laughs> That's your spot with the Parmesan fries. Okay, they got okay. They got two locations in Toronto. That doesn't count as moving out. Oh. They got two locations in Toronto. Okay, and one in Saskatchewan. One in Saskatchewan. I I'm a little surprised about that. You're joking. You take. They got Why t- doesn't that count for moving? Yeah, east? thank you, Alex. Because you're going to Toronto. You're going to one place. You're going into Toronto. That's like that's like saying, oh yeah, uh, whatever. Arby's is moving out west, and they've put a place in Prince George or wherever, right? Like, that's no, ridiculous. that doesn't that count. Is, that doesn't count. Yeah, that's ridiculous. No, it doesn't count. Uh, you, the you way think? you said it was like, oh, they're rapidly expanding. Okay, well, two locations in both in Toronto. Come Clubs, on. If you were to take Highway One across Canada East, would you ever hit Toronto? Uh, yeah, I think so. Thank you. I haven't done the drive because it's out east. Thank you very much. All right, let's get okay. to the uh, let's get to the next. Do you want any more Sea Love's time? Is there something that you missed or that you want to get back to? I know this is your thing. I know you want to do arty parties all damn day long here on the show, and I understand it. It's good stuff. But do you have anything else that we missed in the opening segment here? No, I don't think so. Thanks for my flag, though. I appreciate okay. it. I loved. Uh, I think it was flag back behind me. I think it was Corey's comment. Uh, the, by the way, the, the flag's upside down. The uh, the Latvian flag back there, it's upside down. Uh, all right. Um, wanted to spend a little bit of time on the draft because I do think it's something that we'll talk about a lot on these shows, especially as uh, we don't really know our schedule right now moving forward. It's you know one show a week, two shows a week, certain guests here and there. We'll, we'll see how things continue to move forward. But I, I, I made this graphic, and I tweeted it out the other day. Uh, about the Canucks' last 10 drafts. And I asked people for their opinion. I got a lot of reaction, actually, on Twitter as well, of people's reaction to kind of giving their first thought on what they thought from how the Vancouver Canucks have drafted over the past 10 years, where they've spent those draft picks on. Uh, and it was heavy into the OHL. So over the past 10 drafts, they have 16 picks from the OHL. They have 13 picks from the United States, 12 picks from Sweden, 10 picks from the WHL, and six picks from Russia. Those are kind of the top five that they've drafted out of. Were you surprised at all to see that a team who is based out of British Columbia has a WHL team just down the highway from them, has only made 10 selections of the WHL? I know this is what I kind of noticed was the consensus response that not only have the Canucks not spent a lot of draft capital on the WHL team, like players, but let's think about the most successful guy to come out of the WHL the Vancouver Canucks have drafted. It's sad to say that the most successful player is Jake Vertanen because that player was a sad player as well. So if you look at the way that they've drafted the WHL, they just have not had a lot of success. I think it was uh, Michael Gr- uh, Grabner was the last like actually decently successful WHL player that they've drafted. Uh, and I think he was he's like a European import to the dub as well. So you, you look at the way that this team has spent their draft capital. I'm just a little surprised to see the WHL be fourth when you can have such an easy opportunity to be in rinks with the coaches, watching these guys practice. Like, you really have all the tools in front of you, and you're basically three hours or less of travel time to go watch these guys in the dub. Like, I think you can get a lot more in-person viewings. I'm surprised that there's only 10 picks, and I'm also surprised that there's not really an impact player. Like, the most impactful player now over the past 10 years for the Vancouver Canucks at today's present day 
is Jet Wu, right? And what's he going to be in the NHL? We don't really know at this point. So to see this team not spend so much more on the WHL players, I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised, and I think the thing that I'm more surprised about is how bad they've done with those 10 picks. They haven't really found, and I did this when I was looking up, uh, just randomly I selected another team. I selected, like, the LA Kings, because I just thought, like, in my mind, I don't think the LA Kings, like, tie together with the WHL really well, right? Like, it's not like you think of the Kings, you think of drafting out of the dub. I just selected a random team. They have, like, three players on their current roster who have played just under 100 games out of the WHL and later round picks outside of the top 40. The Canucks have none of those guys. Canucks have none of the guys that they've drafted themselves, developed into players out of the WHL. They've just done a horrible job of drafting out of the dub. It's just the way it is, and it sh- it's it's a huge miss on my, my point of view because they're right here. There's no more Western Hockey League team than the Vancouver Canucks. So they should be able to do a good job drafting out of this league. I think they've done a fine job finding a little bit of undrafted talent. I know Canuck Leapert was drafted, uh, but passed on after his ELC time was up. So he's an example of a guy coming out of Vancouver. Tristan Nielsen's another example. Arshdi Baines is a local kid. So you can see a little bit of WHL success, but you're not really seeing it at the NHL level. And a lot of the time, like you can be excited about Baines or, or Chase Waters or these WHL players that are unsigned and ends up you know signing with the Vancouver Canucks, but you got to spend a little bit of draft capital to find some success here. And I was just a little surprised to see that be the fourth most consistent place that they've drafted out of over the past 10 years. Corey Shuchuk in the YouTube live chat said that points to terrible management and local scouting into the abyss for those guys. Pretty harsh, but it's a good point about who, who are these guys who, who is scouting these players, right? And how are they missing so often? And, not picking up these players outside of, like you said, the top 40. Like, we're not saying, okay, you you got to get a WHL player in the first round because it's in your own backyard. But not hitting on any of these. And that was what I was going to ask you, Chris, is I know you picked one random team, but I wonder how those numbers, Danilo Klimovich not included, how those numbers compare to other teams around the league. Like, what's the league average? Like, where do the, which league do the most players get drafted out of type of thing? Like, that's that to me, that's like the next step in this process and this exercise is where, where are players coming from and why aren't the Canucks getting them from those same places yeah everybody's uh in my replies like oh but like do it for every team in the league I'm like yo this <laughs> I'm not doing that for 32 teams uh I'm sure hopefully there's a website that would be able to find that a little bit easier but uh yeah I'd be curious as well or even just you know select a couple different teams and look at the way they've drafted like some teams are very heavy in the OHL look at a lot of those teams they're teams that are out east because they get an opportunity to scout these guys more, right? It just feels like the Canucks have spent more time investing a little bit more into Sweden, right? Like, that's pretty obvious from the from the graph there, and you look at the way that they've drafted. They've spent uh, money to get people out there to watch them live. They've spent a lot of their time watching these guys through video work and things like that. And, hey, it's been successful at times, right? Like, I think Lucas Forcell is a little bit of an exciting player there in the seventh round. Uh, obviously you look at Elias Patterson and where they drafted him, how confident they were in that player. So you can give them the benefit of the doubt there and how they've drafted out of Sweden. But I don't know. It just feels like it's an easier route to really know like top to bottom what's going on in the dub when you're here in Vancouver. And I just look at it as a miss from the, op- from the organization. Uh, and actually tomorrow quads, when's that article dropping? I got WHL players for them to target with their mid round picks. Uh, when's that dropping here? I'm hoping tomorrow there's a glitch with some YouTube links or Twitter links, excuse me. So there's a little bit of a 
technical difficulty that we're yeah, working through. I know we'll whose fault that. It's everyone back in Edmonton. They got too much. Uh, they're running too much Wi-Fi over there. Probably at uh, Oilers Nation. It's the Oily Boys again. They're out, they don't know what to do with themselves. They're just you know they're all watching YouTube videos together because they got no playoff hockey to talk about anymore. They're they're losing it over there in Oilers Nation. Um, so yeah, we'll get the clip up here. I got I spent some time on it, but I did uh, you know did target quite a few players out of the WHL that it looked like they'd be there for the Canucks, and those mid-round picks are going to be so important, right? Like, this is where you find the type of players that make a big difference to your depth of your lineup. And, hey, what's the what's the big trend right now in the NHL playoffs? Good depth. Like, if you have good depth and you have these players that are able to contribute not necessarily goals and assists, but just solid control of play, man, I tell you, the, the depth is where it's at. So the Canucks having those five mid-round picks – they really got to hit. They got to find an NHLer there. Like, uh, listen, you're getting five swings in that range of what is it now? From third, so you're you're sitting at kind of the 64 range, 65 range up to about uh, 120. Like in that range, just find one NHLer. Just find one H. Take like three real big swings and take two steady picks. Like make it happen that you can find an NHL player. Other NHL teams are doing it. They're finding NHL talent the second in the third and fourth rounds. So. A lot of pressure on the Canucks with those picks, and it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing if they even end up using those, or if they want to get up into the second round, or if they want to, you know, pair it with something else to move on from their first round pick. Whatever way it is, like I think you have to take advantage of having those extra picks in the mid rounds and really make something out of it. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. That's the only way to put it. Is you have to. You need to start hitting on these. Has to happen uh, if you're the Canucks. Okay, odds and ends. Let's go. Okay, uh, you saw him on the list there, Danila Klimovich. Um, he was the only player drafted out of the Danila Klimovich uh, territory as well. So you like to see that. I wanted to bring up this, um, our buddy here uh, does a lot, uh, Jacob, he does all these AHL uh, analytics, and I've loved what Jacob's done for a while here. We mean him back and forth. He just, you know, when I need my AHL information, I need it quick. I just send Jacob a quick DM, and boom, I got it in about 15 seconds. Shout out to him. Great work over here. Um, with a lot of the analytics behind, and I tell you what, you look at the difference in Danila Klimovich's game. Uh, from this past season, his sophomore year, compared to his rookie year, and it's an incredible change to his game. We got the game score up here, 90% on the game score for Dino Klimovich compared to his rookie season of being 21%. You look at him compared to the league-wide, like his shots against, uh, his course against, his expected goals, everything is like in a very high percentage percentile of the AHL. So we talked a lot about the jump in his offensive game. We also spent a lot, I think we did do a pretty good job this year also talking about the things away from the puck that he made improvements on. You, you see a, a list like this where he's, you know, in, in the bottom 11% of the league in expected goals against in his rookie season. This past year, he's in the top 96%. Like, he's he's in the top 4% of the league now. Like, he's made a massive jump in his game uh, from a 19-year-old to a 20-year-old. And I expect him to see, you know, even more improvement here. It sounds like he's staying in Vancouver for another summer uh, as well. When I spoke to Dan Milstein, uh, last week, his agent, and uh, that's great. I think getting him to be more comfortable in Vancouver, get a couple of workouts maybe with some local guys, uh, things like that, it's all exciting. Like, I, I hope Klimovich is spending time with Archie Baines, working with him in the start, like getting a, a lay of the land from a local kid about how to really improve on his season. I know he spent some time last year. Uh, Klimovich was out at the uh, the Delta Ice Center out there. They got some stuff uh, going on out there with a lot of NHL pros. I think Gallagher works out there as well and a couple of other guys. So I, I, you hope that he makes another improvement, but I tell you what, if he if he makes a jump like he did this past year, you're, you're talking about an NHL player, right? You're really talking about an NHL player and probably a, a guy who 
slides into a top six role. I think consistency is going to still be a massive question for him in his third season, but another year with him and Jeremy Colleton working together as as well as the rest of that development team, like I bet they're pretty excited, and I bet they're hoping he comes back and his English is just even better, right? Like coming back of a a summer spent in Vancouver, he's just even getting better at it. I know that he's uh, he's spending a little bit more of a conscious effort with his – uh, his English teacher as well this summer. So very excited to see what he looks like. I think he's going to be a player who's going to get a couple of different, um, how do I want to say, a couple of different looks in training camp compared to what we've seen over the last little bit where it's like, hey, you know, he's playing with all the AHL guys. Like, give him a preseason game with, you know, Pedersen and and whoever else you want on that wing, like Mikheyev or something, right? Or like have him play with Pod Colson and JT Miller on a line for a game. Like, just see. I, I think that's something we'll see a little bit different uh, this year compared to what we've seen over the past two main camps and preseasons where he, you know, he's, he's getting an opportunity on the power play at times in the preseason. You'll remember that from this past preseason, but I, I think you see a game or two of him actually getting a chance to skate with these guys just to see how he kind of fits with, you know, an Elias Pettersson, a JT Miller, whoever you want to see. Like, this is where this kid projects to end up being if he ends up getting close to his ceiling. So I think this year we're going to actually see that opportunity for him uh, in preseason action. And at the Young Stars tournament, that's all him. Right, like Klimovich has got to be the guy at the Young Stars for uh, for Vancouver, and I'm excited to see how he matches up against the rest of these guys. Undoubtedly, and you know, you're showing the graphic. We have documented all season long over at Canucks Army. Like Cody Sievertson wrote a phenomenal, phenomenal piece about uh, his kind of progression this year. We've had Colton on the show, asked him extensively about it. It's undeniable, right? It's just undeniable at this point. Okay. Chris, my odds and end, my, my final thing to throw at you. Okay. Florida Panthers, moving on to the Stanley Cup final. On the same day that 12 years ago, the Vancouver Canucks moved on to the Stanley Cup final. We're not going to talk about how it ended, but Roberto Luongo getting to celebrate again. Uh, I, I wrote about it last night over at Canucks Army. 12 years to the day. I love when that kind of stuff happens. You know, like like they swept uh, they swept Carolina. Don't ask Rod Brindamore if that's what happened, but they swept Carolina. Move on. Per, like 12 days or 12 12 years to the day just perfect i love that kind of stuff good um yeah i think uh it's gonna be an interesting little stanley cup final right like florida's gonna be in there on a sweep where we're looking at you know vegas has a chance to do it i guess as well like uh well i tell you what but i don't know i it's, it doesn't really um doesn't draw me in as a out of market fan to watch the season, but I'm, I'm going to watch. It's a Stanley Cup final. I'm going to watch, but it's not like I'm like, listen, I'm not going to be putting my phone down while the games are on. Like I'm going to have my phone out and screwing around on Boom Beach and crap like that. Like you know, it's it, I don't know. It's it's it'll be an interesting final. I hope that there's some really fun storylines to follow that develop throughout the uh, series. But going in, I don't know. Bobrovsky's like the big story for me out of Florida. Obviously, everybody wants you know Luongo. Everybody wants to see him win, but like. What's uh, what's goalie Bob going to do in the finals? Because that's that's going to be a really interesting one. Uh, let's quickly wrap up the World Championships before we get out of here. Uh, Connor Garland. Let's get the graphic up here, Alex. I got a couple of different ones here. Uh, Connor Garland, you've been spending a lot more time watching the World Championships or at least covering it for Canucks Army than I have. Uh, I haven't watched a minute of Connor Garland play in the, in the World Championships. Do you have anything to say here about Connor Garland? He is the third most experienced player at this tournament. So he's not, you know, we don't think of him 27 years old as a veteran player. Nick Benino and Alex Tuck are the only guys who have more games played than Garland. And hey, they're using Garland in all situations. Like he may not have the point totals, uh, you know, to kind of show for it. Three of those five assists came in a nine, nothing win over France. Right. 
may not have the point totals, but he has played. He's played a complete game. He's been good. Like he, he's been good for Team USA. And you know, when they start to play, you know, maybe better teams, I think it'll show a little bit more how impactful he's been. Is he really 165 pounds? Is that really right? That's what they got of that man. Listen, he's not 5'10 either, right. though. I'll tell you that. So they got one stat wrong for sure about <laughs> his height here. Um, Tyler Myers and Ethan Bear for Canada. You've, I know you've covered them as well. Let's get that graphic up. Look at this one. This is, I built this one right before. I tell you, that's a good-looking graphic. But the only thing that's not good-looking about this is I look at eight games played for Tyler Myers. I look at eight games played for Ethan Bear. I'm looking at one point through the tournament for both of these guys combined. What's going on here, quads, with these two? Okay, so Myers has been fine. Like, he had that goal against Switzerland that went in where he laid down and Canucks fans oh. got PTSD. I understand it. But Ethan Bear, like, and, and, you know, Myers has been fine. Like, he's been fine. It's Canada. They're an overpowered team. Go Latvia. That's why we want to see Latvia win, right? Myers has been fine. You know, there's that one gaffe. But other than that, he's been fine. Ethan Bear, on the other hand, I know zero points. You know, he's a minus one. Myers is a plus six. He's been getting put in very good situations. Uh, Ethan Bear has been playing a ton for Canada, and he's also been really, really unnoticeable. Like, that's the word I'll use. It's just you don't notice him when you watch the games. You could watch for, you know, like three periods, and you probably see Ethan Bear run the puck up the ice like three times. He's been getting the puck up really quickly. He's been disrupting really well in the neutral zone. Canucks fans know very well his puck retrieval abilities. He's been getting the puck out of the Canada end very fast. He's hard. Like it's like hot potato whenever he gets the puck, right? Like he's not looking for who can I set up for a goal or, you know, maybe I could blast a shot on net. He's like, no, there's Adam Fantilli. I'm going to get the puck to him in the neutral zone. And that's kind of what Canada has done. They've played a very, very North South game. So it hasn't been a lot of, okay, in the neutral zone, we're going to make three passes before we get in. It's okay. We're going to get in the zone and then win on the four check. Canada's done that a lot. That's kind of been their bread and butter this year. Mm. Look for them to do something similar against Latvia because Latvia has Latvia is a hard four checking team. They don't, and this shouldn't be a surprise. They don't really have the mobility or the defenseman on the back end to really, you know, counteract a really strong four check. Thankfully, they've got Arch Seelovs in net. So, hey, let's see how it goes. Seelovs let in four goals over, uh, you know, almost a full three periods against Canada. But I, I, I personally, I believe that Latvia's game plan changed when they saw how good Seelovs was. And you brought it up at the start of the show, that scramble ability he has, right? Where, you know, I was saying, yeah, they're covering the home plate area well. And you said, well, there's a lot of scrambles. Yeah, because the puck hits things. Like, it goes through the, the sea of people. And it hits something like it either hits a body or it hits Seelovs and he isn't able to see it super well. So the puck drops. The thing about Seelovs is that he's so good when he's, you know, on his knees and having to move around. A lot of goaltenders just straight up can't do that, Chris. On his knees, moving around, like sliding around on the ice while keeping that pad flush to the ice and keeping the bottom of the net sealed. That's what's made him so successful is he's able to track the puck and he's still able to move around. Like he's not, you know, we call it a scramble play. But he's still collected and he's still in a controlled movement. He's not, you know, he's not flailing all over the place, although he is on the ice. He is in a controlled movement and he's able to still track the puck while he's down there. A lot of goaltenders just can't do that. And Latvia's got something that's clicking right now. Like, look, you brought it up. Doesn't win player of the game. 41 shots to 15. Like, Latvia had 15 shots in that game. Sweden had 41. 
the guy's been incredible. Latvia's played well. Like they, they've played a defensive system that's working with Silovs, but they wouldn't be able to win any of these games without Silovs. They I, just wouldn't. I don't want to make it too much of a big deal, but I need to yell about it one more time because like it's it's just the World Championships. It's not the biggest deal to me in the world personally. Maybe other a lot of people are probably different. I know I know people have I've seen some comments of who have gone and experienced it. They really look differently at this tournament, or like I've said earlier, the Europeans the way like look, look at this tournament, but. How the hell do you out get outshot fifteen to forty one? Win the game with only one goal against, and, and Silovs doesn't get MVP of the game. It's 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 crazy. It's absolutely. If the guy had like three goals for uh, for Latvia, whoever won that thing, I, I'd get it then. But geez, that's wild, man. Quads. Final thing I want to mention. Uh, so it was my birthday last weekend. I didn't do much last weekend. This weekend is uh, the weekend where I'm celebrating a little bit more. I've got a golf trip um, up uh, over on the island, so I'm excited for that. Have you golfed this year, and what's your game been like so far this year? Because I, I haven't played, and I, I haven't been to the driving range. I haven't been to a pitching putt. I haven't done anything. I'm just going out on Saturday uh, and hoping for the best. I've played well. I've played well, man. Like, I, I you know, I can't uh, can't lie to you. I, I've played the best golf I've ever played, and I wow. just I hadn't really gone to the driving range much, but I got a new set of clubs for Christmas, so I went four times Uh over you know since then and then i played my first uh first round three weeks ago that was the day i shot plus five like i shot 65 on that uh par three it was a lot of fun you gotta come out with me i'm thinking maybe friday maybe tomorrow no i'm busy busy. get a little warm-up whatever i'm just saying maybe you get a little warm-up you don't embarrass yourself on saturday no i'm busy on tomorrow i got uh i've been to the dentist three times in the last seven days so uh i'm busy tomorrow again i got another uh stuff tomorrow i gotta get uh I'm going to get a massage tomorrow, actually, and a haircut. So I'm busy tomorrow. I can't uh, can't be coming out there. And I'm going to the island tomorrow. I'm going to the island. I haven't been to the island, which is where I'm from. If anybody doesn't know, uh, back to Vancouver Island. I haven't been there in like ten months, probably, well, like almost a year, which is crazy. Uh, but the hockey season will do that to you. So I'm excited to get uh, get back. I haven't had a drink in probably four months, so uh, that'll be nice. Aside from like one or two, I haven't gotten drunk in like four, four, six, ten months. Uh, so we'll have to see. Uh, that'll change this weekend. I can bet on that. Um, that's all I really got. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, producer Alex out west, according to quads as well. Uh, out, out west there in Ottawa, as you call it. Well, I uh, guess if you if you just keep going west, you will eventually hit <laughs> Toronto too. Yeah, quads thinks quads is living on the. He's got the flat Earth, and it just goes. It's a weird round direction, is what he's saying. <laughs> All right, all right. We'll close it out there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer out west, Alex Allard, my name is Dave Gujarli. Our thanks again to Zephyr Epic and Josh Bloom hey, there it for is. joining us on this episode of Canucks Conversation. There you go. Wrap it up. Got to go swing a couple clubs. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 